Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. How you been feeling? Well, I I will say that like, I mean, I'm sure this happens to everybody, uh, but I probably notice it more because I have an illness that's directly related to inflammation. Um, but it it's kind of moved on from like a emotional grieving to um, my body hurts. Mm. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I and I have, you know, I've talked about my avascular necrosis. So there's a lot of joints that are already like really prone to inflammation. So uh, they've been uh, very painful for for a while now where I actually have recently used the wheelchair mm. when I hadn't had to use it in at least two years. Um, so that was a little upsetting. And I, I think it was really stressful for both um, my husband and I. Because, you know, that means we have to, like, do things differently, like, do chores differently and, you know, causing some just, you know, discussions and stress and, and everything. So um, that's that's where I'm at. I, I am starting to feel a little bit better emotionally. I think there's some things that I could do to maybe improve it even more, but I've been doing more creative stuff um and i uh i've, I've kind of just forced myself to even though it was stressful to do at first mm-hmm. but once i started getting in the groove of it now i now it's actually helped me heal a little bit you know the process but i still have the physical problems so it's yeah i was gonna ask you something about that like you know i have some friends who who have like pretty involved spiritual practices who also have various forms of chronic pain for various reasons. And they talk a lot about sort of the two, the bi-directional nature of it in terms of like emotion and pain. And that like the pain causes emotions, the emotions cause pain. Processing the emotions processes the pain. Like, not not processing the emotions prevents processing the pain. Like it seems very deeply entangled. I'm wondering if it is like that for you or if there's anything you can say about the relationship between those kinds of pain. Um, So yeah, the, the relationship between um, pain and, and stress and grieving. And is Mm -hmm. is that what you're asking? Yeah. I mean, I guess stress is sort of a third piece because like both, because both difficult emotions and physical pain seem like sources of stress, causes of stress, and that stress oh, could sure, exacerbate yeah. both of them. Well, emotional stress. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if they've they've really like at least documented that there is a correlation between emotional stress and like um, inflammation. Mm-hmm. So, like especially with when you have an autoimmune disorder or anything really any chronic illness it's just that at least has a little bit to do with inflammation i think they mostly do most of them do have a correlation with that Mm -hmm. um 
they say like you know if you, you if you have lupus don't don't stress out you know mm. like you got to do things to make sure you don't stay under a lot of stress mm. it's really important because if you're under enough stress then you can get a lupus flare mm. i'm not 100 percent sure that i don't have a lupus flare because having a death in the family is one of the number one causes of like a mm. lupus flare mm. um but it doesn't happen right away all the time it's not like oh someone died and then the next day i got a lupus flare uh it could take a while to it's like it's a delayed like reaction hmm. so i was actually fine for a while physically after my da my dad passed away mm -hmm. um and then but i i think it's the same emotionally too sometimes it takes a while for like feelings to catch up with you and it also takes a while for that stress to turn into inflammation so I'm dealing with the after effects of all of that now. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to keep track of all the causes and conditions with these like delays of time? And Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You just have to pay so close attention to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think most people are unaware of what, I mean, especially if you're healthy, I think it's even harder to know what causes certain things to happen. Mm-hmm. Because you would think that, oh, that, okay, well, let's just talk about one thing, daylight savings time, since that happened this week. Yeah. And that's royally effed me up for, for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, your baseline sensitivity to it is probably through the roof. Yeah. Especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm already sensitive, and it's like, okay, now let's change the time on you. Now mm -hmm. you're going to think it's different, but it's just... You, you literally get jet lagged. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, I think that people really take it for granted, but everybody says they feel bad this week or that they're tired this yeah. week or something. And I'm like, well, that's because of daylight savings time, but it's so simple and it's so easy that like nobody wants to admit that that's what it is. <laughs> oh, I'll admit it. Right. I'm, well, it's easy for me to say my children don't go to sleep anymore. So yes, uh, <laughs> the children notice before you do. Yeah. Yeah, it messed me up too. Uh, but I, I mean, it's, it's the, it's like one of the great injustices of the human body that like sleep is so negatively affected by any kind of stress. Yeah. And like, it's the one thing you need in order to get better from the stress, right? Yeah. Like, or at least the most important thing. And Sometimes even good stress can cause like yeah. loss of sleep. So yeah. that's annoying too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, there's like, I, I've actually really gotten a lot out of the Zen literature on sleep issues. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly a lot because there's so much like in Hakuin, there's, there's stuff. It's for people who are freaking out meditating for 12 hours every day, you know, they like, yeah. they can't sleep either. And there's all, there's like basically guided meditation. Sensei has, has taught them to me, uh, for, I mean, they're really, I guess, for like reducing anxiety on the spot, but you know, in the tradition they're, they're prescribed as like interventions to prevent like, br like breakdowns in the 
like on Sashin or whatever, you know, like from mm. people, people getting it's he called it Zen sickness, I think. Mm. Uh, and it, it's, it's, it's not like I'm suggesting that it's just like it, it, it proves to me really that there's so much feedback. There's so many feedback loops yeah. between, you know, what we call mind and what we call body. And there's certain levers we can push, but I'm not actually saying like we, we have control over this. I'm kind of saying the opposite. It's like the conditions affect us so much and like we can control some conditions and we can't control others. And when the ones right. we can't control are so far out of control, like what you're going through or like the time completely changing by an entire hour on everybody, like you can't withstand that. You're going to feel that as stress and activation and, disorientation yeah yeah i mean it's it's a nice thought that like okay so now like i'll have a longer daylight like mm -hmm. range but i don't know i felt like i was doing fine before yeah so. <laughs> yeah it doesn't help anybody to create to introduce this the senate passed a law to repeal it today did you see that no way yeah not until next year. I mean, for re well, yeah. for like stupid economic reasons, they can't do it until November of next year. But well, can you tell me? Do, do you know that are they doing permanent daylight savings time, or yeah. are they just getting rid of daylight savings time? They're doing permanent daylight savings time. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. So, like November of next year, the the clocks will not fall back. But we have oh, to do God. we have to do the change two more times first. Okay, but no, but like gaining an hour in November, that never really makes as big of a difference. No, I love that. Hour. Yeah. <laughs> but but the thing the thing that we don't appreciate down here is that in New England, when daylight savings time ends, it gets dark at four o'clock in the afternoon, which is awful. And I wouldn't, Whoa. I wouldn't, wouldn't want that. I actually had that for five years when I was in college. So like, that's depressing. Yeah. No good. So this is the right, the right way to go. If this country is going to go one way or the other. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's great news. Yeah. So that, that makes me pretty happy. Um, Doesn't help you right now. No, but there's hope. Yeah. <laughs> they won't have to do this forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was it was about it was about dang time. Yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Um, but uh, I know that you also have a lot going on in your life right now as well. Yeah, I do. I mean, it's 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 not on the same level, but it's it, it's it's still really core emotional stuff. Mm. I'm I'm just having a lot of like community struggles right now. Okay. Uh, and the song is not involved, but that's kind of part of it. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm not, I'm not like really getting community yeah. out of my involvement in the sangha, which is hard to explain. I mean, you and I talking every week was a big part of, of that. And so now that we're back, I'm, 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 you know, it's like perfect timing with the, yeah, John, I, I definitely agree with that. And yeah, like. I, I didn't feel as connected to the community after. And and also I stopped uh going to the community the, the 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 communications committee as well. Yeah. So I um I had not been in much contact with anybody. Yeah. 
So like us getting back in the swing of things last week actually came at a time that couldn't have been more perfect because in the week that has followed, I've had some like, um, I've had some friend breakups. Oh no. I think maybe they're not permanent, but like, like projects and like way, like excuses to hang out with some people that I've been hanging out with a lot for a lot for months, uh, have fallen apart for like social reasons and that's that's been kind of sad and it's but like you're so, come on I just like context mm-hmm. is it like you said friend breakup sometimes things fall apart but you're still friends like is yeah it's kind of like a nothing's ever going to be the same kind of situation like like i'm the one in this there's there's actually two situations so i'm just describing the first one but and they happen at the same time so it's just it's sort of like what is the common denominator here you know but like in this situation i was the one who began to feel uncomfortable with what was happening and wanted to back out uh and and it happened in kind of an explosive way and um you know with the main person that i'm still trying to be close to i'm continuing to have like back channel conversations every day and it's going okay but it's still really hard uh and you know just a rhythm of being with a bunch of people and doing a bunch of creative cool stuff together yeah uh, is gone and so that's sad but then at the same time there's there's another thing and this this is this is in person stuff in Atlanta so I'm a little more hesitant to even characterize it as as vaguely as I just characterized that uh but like there is a uh a good idea to start something it's a group it's a men's group for like men around like thirties and forties men, mm-hmm. young parents, like it, 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 it wasn't explicitly, the intention wasn't explicitly set for it to be for parents, but so far that everybody involved is a father. And, and that seems like a central motivation for wanting some togetherness and some like safe space to talk in as, you know, men and fathers. Uh, and we, we, we had our first meeting and it was um i was like the i was like the odd guy out in a lot of ways like point of uh, view way of speaking sort of level of spirituality or something mm-hmm. like i was just i was just received as very weird by the other guys and uh, they must have been really basic. Well, it's actually kind of the opposite. They were like more. You're the com- basic one. They were they were more complicated. They were like very philosophical <laughs> and intellectual okay. about their what? parenting and like their approach to life and like. Sorry, it's just it's it's it sounds funny to me that you were with a group and you were the less philosophical one. Well, but I you know it was about <laughs> family and relationships. Okay. You know, like if we were there to talk about our interests or something, our hobbies, mm-hmm. I'm sure it would have been fine. But it was like about raising children. And like, if I felt like I was expected to have like uh, 
a favorite podcast about parenting and like a favorite book about parenting that I like refer to all the time and like yeah. a coherent philosophy to articulate about like what sort of father I am. Oh. And that seems to be sort of what the cultural norm that everybody else had was. And and like that meaning it's not just normal to do that, but that like that's the standard for like what a responsible parent is. Right. And I and there may have been some like gendered nature to it too, thinking back on what they were saying, like almost like our wives are like instinctively good parents who do all of the emotional and domestic labor. And so we have to like, it's like the equivalent of working out. It's like, we have to like beef up our, our like sociological and anthropological knowledge about parenting so that we can be like the superior contributing parent and like lead the family with like our brilliant ideas weird yeah i'm having a hard time explaining it because i truly could not fathom living this way no (laughs) but i mean i will i don't i mean i'm sure some men have a hard time but i'm sure some women have a hard time you know i i I I understand the biological, like, women, you know, give birth to the children and then they, like, kind of, you know, they're babies and they kind of bond with them. They have, like, that, you know, sort of instinctual bond. But, mm-hmm. like, beyond that, I mean, I, I kind of think that I guess what they could be if, – if they took the society angle, like, well, we're never – we weren't really taught to be – you know, men weren't really taught to be good parents or nurturers or something – that's one thing, but I think there's some I don't know, of that saying too. It, saying it's in their nature, though, I mm-hmm. feel like I don't know. I think it's just untrue for a lot of men. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I <laughs> I was the one being like, I don't know what kind of parent I am. I respond to the situation that I'm in with whatever I've got, and I try and listen to my kid. And respond to their need and not and regulate my emotions and not direct them at my child. And I do my yeah. best and I uh-huh. screw it up half the time and then I fix yeah. it. And like oh. that's all I'm capable of. And they they were looking at me like I was an alien because I didn't have like a checklist in my brain about like what to do in a situation or like have and then like the part that was the that was well, the part that was the worst received was when I said that I find it really challenging to be a parent and I want to like like the thing I'm working on in parenting is like liking it more. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's what I said and they that was like way too real for them cuz they cuz they all then had to go and explain why being a father is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to them, their sole purpose in life, their ultimate fulfillment. They no longer have any like doubts about their path and uh it it gives them energy to have like challenging experiences with their children and overcome them and you know and like it almost sounded like they were kind of repeating ideas that they'd been right like reading and thinking about and rehearsing rather than like speaking from their heart but i don't know if that's true like that might just be my projection on them because i couldn't imagine 
being supported by the kinds of resources they were talking about. But like yeah. the really the operative thing, like I didn't come out of it feeling like a bad father. I came out no. of it feeling like a like an outcast like person. Like like mm-hmm. I was I was I was alienated from my peers by this experience. I mean, well, did you know any of the people before you went to that? I I knew them okay. There was like uh-huh. a, there was a clear order in which I like one of them I knew from a long time ago and hadn't seen mm-hmm. in a, like haven't like I've reconnected with after several years of not seeing each other. The other is one I met in the last year and am getting to know and have spent some time with. And then mm-hmm. the other is like is like someone who's around that I don't know very well. Um and the four of us were put together because like we are in a community with each other and we all wanted okay. to have something like this. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, you know, it wasn't like starting it with my four best friends. Yeah. Um, so. But they were at least acquaintances and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We knew each other. We've all spent time together before, but it was the first time we've gotten into a situation of like sitting around a fire and sharing emotionally alone. Yeah. So you felt like, I mean, I don't, I'm an act, I don't know how vulnerable that statement is, but you, you felt like maybe you shared some vulnerable stuff with them and they were just kind of like, uh, well, that's not right. Like, really, you should feel like this. It, it, it's not even that they responded to me. It's that they didn't respond to me. Uh. They just sort of went like, okay, and talked about something else about how about uh. their own philosophies you know like it was like badly facilitated Mm -hmm. uh that might have been the problem like maybe these kinds of conversations are supposed to have somebody with like a role and a skill set of a facilitator but to me i was just like talking to some guys i know and i shared something it was super i mean like i didn't i didn't say it i summarized it to you just now like what i said was actually much more painful and emotional than the way I just said it okay and uh like also pretty clearly in a way of like I've never I don't have space to share this this way anywhere else so now here in front of three guys at a fire I'm gonna share it this way and it was it just like it was like belly flopping it was like trust falling and no one and everyone turning around and getting on their phones you know ouch um, so to ha- and, and to the end of the story is I wrote, I emailed them all and told them that, and it was, okay. yeah, they did okay. Okay. In, in their responses to me, like, we'll, we'll try again. You know, they will be aware. But yeah, with this plus the other situation yeah. you described. Yes. Makes you feel like oh, you're not welcome in these places. The world. Yeah. Yeah. Like right at the, <laughs> the same world, time. It equates to the world right now because it's kind of like since things are opening up back again yeah. a little bit and this is your first like reintroduction into the, I mean, maybe not your first, but you know. Close I mean? to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And things aren't going super well. No. And it's like when it's two of them, like when it's one of them, when it's one situation, the problem is them. Right. Or the yeah. problem is unique or something. But if yeah. two unrelated social situations go wrong on me at the same time, 
the only like conclusion that I'm like emotionally able to draw is that I'm not fitting in. Like, you know, like it feels like the whole world because it's like the common denominator is me. Uh, well, I mean, based on what you described, uh, just with that one situation, because the first one I think was a little too vague for me to make like, a judgment call on whether like, yeah, you know, you're the one not fitting in. But I guess, yeah, I guess you're not fitting into that situation in particular. Uh, but I don't think there's anything wrong with you in particular, I guess. Thanks for saying so. I mean, <laughs> it just wasn't a good fit. <laughs> it, it's not that I think there is. It's just that I'm feeling like there is. And the reason yeah. that it yeah. feels relevant to the broad scope of this conversation is that it's like really sitting hard in my body. Yeah. I don't feel mm-hmm. good this week. Yeah. And the sleep is definitely not helping. And right. The, you know, change in light at the times of day is not, is totally confusing. And the way that we just have to, I mean, I don't want to make it into like a politics statement, but like the way, the way that we just have to keep going, I'm sure you're feeling this a thousand times more than I am. That we have to just eventually at some point, just like get back into the saddle and continue doing stuff in the same way. And just like drag this aching body along with us. That's exactly how I feel right now. Yeah. I mean, it works. It does work. It's mm-hmm. just really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you say it works, what do you mean? I mean, I agree, but what do you mean? Okay. Well, I mean, I, I realized what was going to help me. Um, I don't want to say get past like my dad's death because i it's not like something i want to get past or, yeah. i don't know what that yeah. would mean but you know like recovery emotionally maybe mm-hmm. um and i knew it from like the the very beginning when it was happening what what the answer was mm. and i was with my family um in in austin over over new years and they all got around this campfire and my sister-in-law gave us instruments mm. And she was like, all right, guys, play. And everybody was just kind of playing, but there was no organization. And and then finally someone picked up the car and I just started singing. You know, mm. I have a, a loud voice and I've been in like a, a very jam heavy band for a few years. So I, I'm used to doing stuff like that. And like, mm. you know, every like after I started singing, everybody was having like a really good time. Mm. Um, not that they weren't having a good time before, but you know, like having a good time with the, the task at hand. (laughs) Um, and it was just like a lot of fun to the point where like, well, I, it was getting late and you know, the reason I was there was because of my dad. So I hadn't been sleeping well and stuff. So I was like, well, I should get, you know, go home. And they're like, oh, you're leaving now? Like, you know, you're the one that's like, you know, carrying all the singing and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then my sister, I've feel like it was like the the next week I stayed there in Austin uh to be with my dad my sister was like we're gonna have band practice which what she meant was just like her and her husband and their friends um just you know having fun playing music and you know some of them were just learning the instruments that they wanted to play at the time not that they were like really new to music but the instruments they were playing so and I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I, I sang with them while they were jamming and everything. And it just like was like 
oh, why don't I do this anymore? Mm. I don't want anything serious. I don't want like to be in a band with like a, you know, we have to like, you know, play this many venues and do this, you know, like that kind of stress. But um, I just needed to do that. And, um, and then, then the other thing was that like I had been trying to write the short film and I just mm. drug, dragged and dragged and dragged at it um, because my friend wanted to make a short film with me. And I'm like, I want to, but I can't. Like I physically can't do it. So I brought him over and I was like, let's just talk about it. Like here's my ideas. It was inspired by my dad before he was – I knew he was sick. Mm. So – after everything that happened, I was getting so like so many mixed signals about what I can still tell the story about. And I was like, I need you to talk through this with me because I'm like from such a biased point of view in my head that I can't get out of it. So mm. we talked it out and I'm almost done with the script now. <laughs> and just forcing myself to do it, to do these things, even though they were really hard to bring myself to do. Mm -hmm. And I just joined a band mm. <laughs> like Sunday. Nice. And it's like a punk band. Like I don't even really like punk music, but but like just playing with them That's and so having a good rock. time and it, you know, it was just like so much fun that I was like this is bringing me out of a bit doing yeah. these creative things like I need creativity in my life and I can't compromise anymore hmm. Hmm. so that's what I mean by like it's working like even though I was so stressed out I'm like I can't handle another thing to do on top of everything like all this emotional stuff on top of work I really haven't gotten a break because my my vacation was taking care of my dad hmm. so and going to, you know, doing a sort of a funeral ceremony. So, like, I need a break. But then the more that I thought about it, it's like, well, if I can't get a break, I still have to do this. Like, I still have to, I still have to keep myself going and in, in, in doing it. And that's how I kind of deal with everything. <laughs> like, just keep going. Not that, not that taking a break is, is bad because I did take a break from stuff too, but... Mm -hmm. But if I know that there's like healing in, in, in art and creativity, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's kind of the other end of the spectrum from what I was feeling of, you know, the dragging the body along is like, there's a lot of stuff that one does not want to do. that doesn't help, but it also kind of does, you know, just to like, like what, like work and chores and oh yeah, housework. No, I and like look. I you got to do those too. Those are the other things you got to do. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's like that also helps. This is the thing that I have yeah. to admit to myself, and and it it is like there's there's a there's a reassurance to it. There's a reassurance to both. I think that there's also a reassurance to the creative way of processing too, which is like, I am still a magical being capable of being alive. Yeah. And that's kind of this, that's kind of the deal with like getting on with the drudgery too. It's like, 
I'm a magical being. I can continue to, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to give up. I don't have to surrender. I have like strength in here. I know. And it's so hard, like, because when you're depressed, um, it's the hardest thing to do to keep, just keep going. That's like the most difficult thing. It's like, because it's not, you know, it's like the things don't bring you joy mm-hmm. and they don't like make you feel fulfilled. But if you stop doing them, then you might not be able to start again. Mm-hmm. Or it would be even more hard, more difficult to, to, to get back up and start going again. Yeah. But the thing you said about yourself and you kind of backpedaled a little after you said it, but you said that that just keeping going is sort of your way of handling certain things. Yeah. I mean, to me, what it sounds like you're doing is mindfully stepping back into things after you did give yourself some space. Like... I mean, I guess the music, it sounds like music was like right away your way of processing. Mm-hmm. And the, but like, you know, coming back to the Sangha, start, like joining the band now, you know, like, like you, it, it feels to me like you're making a very deliberate return to this kind of activity. You're not just like doing it on autopilot while in a state of shock. At least True. that's how it feels to me. True. But I, I think. And that might, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. It, yeah. It's kind of weird when you think about it, because I did step away from stuff. Um, but I still had to continue other things, like like yeah. you were saying. Like, I still went to work. Yeah. I still did the dishes. Well, I, I actually, Ian does the dishes. <laughs> I shouldn't. Uh... <laughs> I still did the laundry. Yeah, there you go. I still, I still, like, you know, did I still exercised every day? Mm. I still tried to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. So that is also what I mean by I, I had to keep going. And I was looking forward to, I was saying, okay, we're going to also do creative things. You know, we're mm. going to do it. It was hard to get there, but it was always a part of the plan. So mm. I think even planning for them, you know, is my idea of keep going. It's just mm. like, have an idea of where you're where you're headed um even if you're not there yet householders is a production of the atlanta soto zen center in atlanta georgia and the silent thunder order find us on the web at aszc.org our sangha depends on your support you can donate by paypal to donate at storder.org gasho